Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we were joined by uh, the fine cricketer from Knott's, Luke Fletcher, who's got his autobiography out, which we very much like. He had some good war stories for us, so you'll enjoy that. We had a bit of a chat, Andy, didn't we? We had quite a lot of chat. We even discussed donuts. <laughs> yeah, donuts and donuts. And we played uh, a very good game with Sam Delaney. We did. It's a new, new quiz game. show. New quiz show. We're try and get that away on ITV. Um, we also spoke to Kevin Phillips, who was uh, very interested on the art of the uh, striking partnership in light of Son and Kane working together again last night. So uh, I believe uh, that's it. So enjoy. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. And uh, yes, it was a tight old battle last night, but there's something about the game that in the end I thought it was a good... you are a purist. Well, I thought it was a good three points for Tottenham. It was a terrible game, but... In the, if it had and, been and your team, Andy, you, you, I mean, the, I mean no, you had no, no, you had no skin in the game, so there was no tension. So, no. well, I I'd, had I'd frustration still we till we scored, and then tension after we scored. So, <laughs> I felt I, I felt quite drained after it all. You know? <laughs> as a neutral, though, you sit there thinking, I hope there's a goal soon because as soon as there's a goal, there, if it's the last 25 minutes, that will be good. The last 15 minutes, well, it was did come in the 75th minute, so you yeah. got the last 15 was a bit more frantic. But uh, I thought Burnley did all right. And you know they, this, they are what they are, Burnley. You know they're like we've got them on Saturday. It won't be an easy game. They're not an easy team to beat. Yeah, I thought it was a good, good. No, win it was. It was. A, it was a, a good result. They won ugly. It's not something Tottenham no. have been known for and over you the know, years. Kane. It's all about Kane, isn't it? He's, he's yeah. absolutely peaking now. He's well, at both ends, as he proved. <laughs> exactly. Really. He's such an all-round brilliant. That, player. Listening to the sports bar after the game, I took the dog for a walk to try and clear me mm. headache. And Jason made a very good point. If you watch what Kane does there, he spots the danger. He realizes that, yeah. that, that they're in, and he, he kind of he backs around and gets on the line and just it was just it looked a, like, it was going like in. a brilliant defender. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was really, really no, good. no. I mean, you know, it, it, it's all about him. If he stays fit, I think Spurs definitely will be challenging for top four. Whether they're challenged for the title, yeah. it's too early to I say. Think, but I think they are. The, the problem is 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 the defence really, and I think certainly at centre back, as I said yesterday when we're talking to John Cross, he hasn't completely made his mind up yet about his, his best two. And even then, mm. I mean, it was interesting, they were looking at Skriniar at, at uh, Inter. And I think if they got a dominant centre-half, I'd start to feel 
more confident that they could seriously you're challenge. You're never going to be confident. I mean, you're ten no, point lead be. with about three games to go. You're saying, well, oh, oh, you never know. Oh, Andy, you did once say Chelsea <laughs> would be in the blue square within five <laughs> you're, years. You're the exact, year they won the title. But you always do this. You're exactly the same as me. You make but out you, I'm the one. Would you you're say? The you sit there, even when we're watching England, you're like, if you're tuning up, you're panicking. I well, know. Well, I'm conditioned <laughs> you're to the same it. as me. I'm conditioned <laughs> to it. But um, I, I don't. Do you think the Tottenham defence is solid enough and good enough to win the title? Uh, the way the league is this year, and the way the manager is, they've got a chance. I wouldn't rule them out. I'm not saying they're going to do it, but I wouldn't rule them out. It's far yeah. too early to say. There's lots of other positive and signs. Also, they're getting injured. Kane gets injured, then that's the end of it. Because yeah, he is be. so important. Yeah. I can't see. Vinicius obviously looked pretty good the other day, but he's not Kane. And let's touch what it doesn't happen from our point of view, mm. but from, uh, you know, history tells you that Harry Kane does miss at least six, eight weeks mm, a yeah, season. Yeah, Vinicius could help, though. could take some of the pressure off yeah. him you know so it could be good uh, I just want does that what happened to Vinicius last night has that ever happened to you I do, maybe it's happened to you more than once oh, it was fair, it was fair thing no, because it was right it was, it was the right decision right. yeah because the, the whole dynamic of the game changed yeah, sure. at that moment but uh, have you been stripped ready to come on uh, down Sunday morning Saturday afternoon just ready to go on and do your thing you've had the pep talk the gaffer said go on son get out there I've got every belief in you then something happens or you don't get on so your tales of not oh, quite making it onto the pitch uh, the, the, the more humourable, the better, as Stuart Pierce would say. Talksport.com. <laughs> I was going to go on and then I didn't. Yeah, Text thanks. 1089 tweet. <laughs> yeah, I was due to come on and then I didn't get on. But I, um, there must there might be a story behind you it. You said he, he doubts it out of Viral, but that was pretty brave last night. I mean, actually, Bards, he's fantastic, isn't he? It's always him. But yeah. he has that same effect on Bernie that Michel Antonio has for West Ham. He really galvanises them. He, he does he, make he a big a difference. difference to them, yeah. yeah. But that was a, definitely a dodgy... Yeah, that was a booking, I mean... It was probably it was a booking. elbow in the face, I, I, wasn't I, it, really? You know, I don't think it was a sending off. No. Do you? I didn't, no. I didn't look at it and no. think that's, that's got to be red. The player... I, I saw a stat today, I couldn't believe. Mm. Eric Lamella... In his seven years at Tottenham uh, has never been red carded. I think in, in the Premier League he may have been. He should have been last night. <laughs> that no, was a red. I didn't, oh, that I was didn't a think that was tackle. a red. No, he got a lot of the ball. He got a lot of the ball there. But you know, basically, Horrible he thinks tackle. you can. He thinks you can. It's like he's brought it from Boca. He thinks you can tackle like that yeah. in the Premier League or in any country outside Argentina. It is amazing. But he, you know, he always finds a way of getting away with it. Mm. I, I shouldn't have said that, should I? Any Premier League referees <laughs> listening, that's that. Off. Any VAR yeah. officials. It's on the oh, list. yeah. Somebody's written in a light pencil, <laughs> never sent off Lamella. <laughs> that's because he tackles brilliantly. That's why. I guarantee he gets yeah. sent off next yeah. week. Yeah. I wish I hadn't said that. Yeah. Yeah. I've bopped him. Uh, the Natterjack Toad. Have oh, news yeah. of him. Uh, he's causing concern to Paris's Olympic plans. They are, where they plan to build a uh, media centre for the Olympics. Oh yeah, they've discovered some natterjack toads, and so they basically it's all been held up. You know what it's like when they get these things. You can't. Yeah, you're not allowed. Wasn't to it newt to our Olympics? Didn't we have a newt situation down uh, by where they built the, mm. the site? Uh, what, what do we know the natterjack toad for, Andy? Do we know much about him or no? Uh, in this I, case. He used to feature in an advert on Talk Sport. He did, that's right. The nat that's I right, remember that. Yes. The only reason I, the name rang a bell. And then, he, is he the one that went... <laughs> no, I think that was the bitten. Mm. Oh, that's the bitten, wasn't it? Yeah, that's a bird. Yeah, I don't do any other animal impression. Actually, that's not true. I do a peacock, but... Uh, yeah, I, I need to work myself up for it. because This uh, also, somebody wrote to the Daily Star with this about Talk Radio, our sister station. Oh, yeah. He said... Why are there a handful of why are the handful of talk radio hosts who aren't rabid always confined to the graveyard spot? What about r rabid Martin Kelton? 
<laughs> That's very true. You don't get much more rabid than Martin. He has a tetanus every day. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. And he has just admitted to me off air a bit of donut guilt. Uh, you may recall the other week he walks past the donut shop on the way to work. Now he's a man who has a big breakfast. He has no lunch, but he got a bit peckish the other day and he somehow managed to walk past the donut I shop. I had the same past... breakfast again and I uh, did. Maybe I it's that combo it. of whatever yeah. you have. And, uh, and well, you walk past the donut shop, but not that you, you veered, you veered right, didn't you? I even walked from Waterloo deliberately because I knew I'd passed the day. <laughs> Whereas if I came by two by minutes, so it was a big plan. Yeah, I got it. I was excited. What donut was, was it? Any talk us through it? Was it, it was raspberry jam, jam raspberry dusted with cinnamon? Beautiful. It was excellent. It wasn't one of those new American horrible donuts that aren't donuts. Bacon this and is, maple syrup. This is your, like your traditional donut. It was excellent. And it was in a little box. A little it looked box. very appetising. Wasn't yeah. cheap. And uh, how much are you paying for a little single? I mean, you're going to have uh, Bob and I are going to speed tea up. It was. I don't even want to say on air. It was ridiculous, but you know that thing. One you, donut, you, one London. When you're in, a, sh- when you're in a shop, yeah, and, and they're quite big. But when you're in a shop and they tell you what it is, you can't sort of then go. How much? How well, much? You can. Well, I could do, but I'm Are you going to tell us how much? No. Well, we can look it up. I can look it up. <laughs> you look it up. I'll tell you in the break. <laughs> was it more than two pounds? <laughs> Put it this way, Roman Abramovich would have thought that, yeah, fair price. <laughs> <laughs> but for a donut. For a donut. It was yeah. ridiculous. And the minute I finished it, I thought, yeah. oh, why have I eaten that? Guilt. It was That's nice it. while I was eating it, though. Well, I will get you on to Paul McKenna. We'll sort you out. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Something you would have enjoyed. I don't know if you spotted this amongst all the bits and pieces. So David Moyes was talking about life in lockdown and getting a Red Cross parcel. And he said the one thing missing from it that he absolutely loves was uh, was custard. He, he's a big fan of custard, David Moyes. So I don't know if you'll wow. look at him any differently now. When oh, he's... Well, I'll be honest. I, I, that surprises me. <laughs> I wouldn't have had him down as a custard man instinctively, would you? No, I wouldn't. Him as a custard man because he seems, you know, he's a, he's a dour man. He's a serious man. Yeah. Um, and custard seems like a frivolous kind of a, a food <laughs> stuff to be into. So, but there you go. You just never know. Well, I mean, maybe we should have a quick game of cream or custard. We're looking at some of the Premier League managers. So uh, <laughs> yeah, a, ru- a rhubarb uh, crumble appears in front of Jurgen Klopp. What does he have? Cream or custard, Sam? Now, Klopp, I would definitely say, would be a custard man. <laughs> would you really? Well, you know, he's a, he's a sort of a, he's a fun guy. He's got a, a sort of certain zaniness about him, hasn't he? Yeah. And I could imagine him finding custard just a fun food. Um, but, yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> like cream isn't. Yeah. <laughs> Moyes, Moyes is well, custard. They use sort of in Tisbos and another game show and other sort of fun kids' programmes to gunge people, don't they? So yeah. it's sort of associated with fun. Moyes, as a Dow Scott, I would imagine, would sprinkle salt on his crumble. But yeah. there you go, <laughs> we digress. I imagine, I mean, someone like Bielsa, I imagine he wouldn't have cream or custard. He would shun it. He probably yeah. wouldn't have the crumble. Um, Pet's creme patisserie. Eat, eat the very sour rhubarb on its own. Yeah, and, and Roy Hodgson, I mean, he'd have custard and cream because there was a period during the Blitz when he didn't see cream or custard for <laughs> 10 years. So, exactly. he'd have both. you have to go without, you treasure it, don't you? Yeah, which is not why we got you on. It's a good game. Well, it's, I say it's a no, good game. I, well, I would love to come back and play this game. <laughs> <laughs> Can you come back next week and play cream or custard? Sam? <laughs> Count me in, Count me in. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ 
the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. We were chatting to Sam Delaney earlier on talking a bit of West Ham and of course they brought in mm. Kufa, one of the good signings along with Ben Rama and others mm. they brought in Suchek as well. Uh, well, Suchek um, was asked by the West Ham hierarchy, have you got any mates who are quite good at mm. Sparta Prague? And he said, oh yeah, Kufa's good. So they've signed him and blimey that, that wasn't a bum steer. He's done very well hasn't he for them? They made a good start. But I think you saw this story at the weekend that um, Steve Bruce at Newcastle was, uh, has got a player at the club called Florin Delesio. Um He is um, Alison Maximan's mate. <laughs> mate? Yeah, it's his mate. He <laughs> said, we, Steve admits, we're taking a bit of a gamble on the French striker. He had a trial with the club and they're giving him a deal to the end of the season. He's going to be playing with the under-23s. He was at uh, St Etienne as a kid but got kicked out for disciplinary issues and then found himself working uh, uh, on a building site. He was on the HOD. Well, he, if he's worked in odd. the past, well, yeah, that's true. Vinny, Vinny Jones, yeah, well, Les yeah. Ferdinand, he wasn't a. I don't think Les was on the building site, was he? No, Vinny certainly was. So, Les, sorry about that, mate. I've never done on the brick lane at all. Yeah, I think he worked. He worked. He worked in the motor trade or something like that. He was doing anyway. So we just invented. That's a real. But Les, you're right. Les, no, he did. I think Les did have a proper job, like you know, before before he became a footballer. He came to it late. So anyway. Yeah, he may ring up and tell us or he may not bother I don't know but the point is this they've signed a bloke who was a brickie because he's Alan Samaxman's mate he says Steve he's his mate um, make no mistake we haven't just signed him because he's Alan's mate he's got a bit of talent otherwise he would not be coming in uh, he admits he said I've never spoken English before I learned English on a construction site so that would be quite interesting mm. in training imagine <laughs> imagine the languages no point boys t- teaching him uh, swear words because he'll probably know more than you is he working on a construction site here in Britain no in, in France oh, right. um, But so he said yeah, he, he said I would do the concrete mix and uh, so dance. <laughs> yeah, everybody do the concrete mix um, yeah. and he said he said I, my body got tired 
Blimey. <laughs> oh, dear. Went running up and down a <laughs> Premier League football pitch, mate, for 90 minutes. But anyway, we'll see how he does, old Florent. Uh, can Alan you, yeah, it's amazing mate. that. Yeah. It can give you a different perspective. So, yeah, yeah, it certainly can. He's got the talent. That'd be interesting. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to talk about, Andy? Yeah, so you see that Fred Syriax from First Date oh, has yeah. got... Is that how you pronounce it? I've yeah. often wondered. Syriax. Is that how you pronounce the X? Normally in... Uh, Syria. Normally in... Syria. Syria, isn't it? Syria. 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 He, he loves his Italian football. Yeah. He gets... Uh, <laughs> he gets... He's getting a £230,000 deal to be M&S's wine ambassador. Nice. 230 grand. You cannot be Syria. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't it. work then, does it? No, no. If you really. lose the X, if you, if you don't call him serious, <laughs> it doesn't really work. Well, then, it won't, Cannot be the be serious. won't be the first time that's happened. No, that's very true. <laughs> nice. And uh, yeah, fair enough, really. Um, Anything else? Shoppers in Beijing are to get a new app that are can they? trace. They go in this, around the supermarket and it traces where their food's come from, where it's been, who's handled it, and everything. It all comes up on the app. Oh, wait, what do you mean? So, from a COVID point of yeah, view? Yeah, from a COVID point of view. I don't know if it says how much bat it contains. <laughs> I'm going oh, light dear. on the pangling this month. <laughs> so, so well, as soon as you pick up an item and it says "box by Fred," at the, yeah, um, basically, at the, that's how they've got it under control. They've only had 23 victims a day, roughly, on average. Well, it's, uh, not not since the start. <laughs> I mean, recently. Not there. I don't want to talk about. You have to 23. <laughs> no, that's correct. Oh, okay, right. But I don't know if it's because of these because, measures. Okay. Yeah. Well, they've got the technology sussed, haven't they? Really. So I do. I told you. I didn't. I know somebody that went there and had to quarantine. And uh, especially as they tested negative here, by the time they got off the plane, they were positive. They were positive. What can happen? And they basically had to be basically a sort of, you know, how would I describe it? wasn't a, wasn't a five star hotel. Put it this way. Spend two weeks in a, in a, in a pretty difficult yeah place, and then another ten days on top of that. Yeah, you know, they're certainly belt and braces, but you know it's worked for them, yeah. as you saw with us yesterday. Not great again for a two-week holiday. <laughs> Not really. No. Spend it in a you know in a pretty basic hotel. The typical Brit will spend four thousand eight hundred and sixty days mm. watching TV oh, in yeah. their lifetime. Well, it probably went up during lockdown. I imagine <laughs> it did. Yeah, that's you can imagine true. that. Um, what else have we got? I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm just looking well, at it. I don't mind, Andy. I mean, oh, got yeah, that was interesting. Oh, OK. Well, well, I say it was interesting, but I was looking at Adam Catterall's pictures from the uh, big UFC fight. Yeah. No interest in it whatsoever. I know we were doing it, but it just doesn't do it for me, UFC at all. But I was looking at Khabib. He's obviously a fine fighter, and he's probably one of the greatest of all time in that sport. Mm. And I was looking at I thought... Blimey, his hair's interesting. He dyed it and everything. It's very fascinating hair, isn't it? It's like really, you know, sort of blonde afro. It looks amazing. It was a hat. <laughs> I, mean, I know, but I've seen him in the hat. I didn't know it was a hat. It's in the... It's in, yeah, I've seen that. His, his hair. I thought it was his hair. No, it's his hat. <laughs> he often wears that. That's very much a trademark. His hair is his hat. His hair is his... <laughs> Who's that? Who's somebody... We sang that about somebody. His hair was a hat. Whose hair was a hat? Somebody's hair was a hat. It was a hair. I can't remember now. Yeah, you, you need Somebody to get the name. This one of the listeners will come. Sorry, you're listening to, to Talksport, by the way. Oh, we gave you that gold about uh, the Newcastle player working on a yeah building site. We can't do much more than that. Another for story you. about AVB going around to Bielsa's house. Yeah, and uh, Bielsa wasn't expecting him. That's the interesting thing about the story. It wasn't like he rang up and said, "Oh, can I come and see you?" Yeah, he just kind of turned up. Bielsa, strange... Bielsa described, gre greeted him with what the pilgrim, I don't know, I suppose that's him, describes as astonishment. Yeah. What are you doing here, Bielsa asked. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a bit odd. I suppose he knew who he was. He, didn't, oh, well, he wasn't standing at the door and went, 
who are you? He went, oh, hello, it's AVB. Yeah, he probably did, yeah. Because yeah, he there. knows so much about football. He probably he said he, he would have known who he those was. Those 10 games you had at Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, he probably <laughs> watching videos of AVB when he knocked on the door. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Now you're gone. I realise my love for you are strong. That uh, song uh, is relevant um, because our next guest... Um, well, I'll let him explain. It's one of the many fine stories uh, in his uh, autobiography. One of the great characters of the game, the uh, Knotts cricketer, Luke Fletcher. Good afternoon, Luke. Good afternoon. Did <laughs> Yeah, I knew straight away as soon as you put on, I thought, oh, here we go. Yeah, now, that, so that's Bass Hunter, that song. And it might be worth... I think the, the story kind of gives a flavour of some of the stories that you find in the book, because this is not a kind of... This is not a cricket uh, teaching manual, is it? It's or <laughs> it's it's quite... A, it's a, a, a bit of a romp, really. But to tell us... <laughs> <laughs> it gives you a flavour about what a muppet I am. So, yeah. <laughs> so t- tell us, tell us why that song's relevant. Uh, I can't believe I'm telling you this, but uh, oh, it's in the book anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, a long time ago when I was probably nineteen, twenty, um, I used to like a bit of bass, and that was one of the songs I used to like playing. And I said randomly on a night, I said, right, listen, every time this song comes on, I'm going to pour what drink I've got on my head. Hmm. Um, anyway, this went on for about 15 years and I'm still doing it now, so... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Bad when you got I'm a cup of tea, though, morning. isn't it? I hope you went all in a cup of tea when it came on. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's the... normally in the early hours of the morning, but uh, yeah. the lads twigged on and um, I saw that every time I had a full pint, um, this song kept coming on, so I was thinking, what, you know, full <laughs> pint over my head. And so obviously the lads go up to the DJ saying, can you play this song? And I just put it over my head, so uh, it sort of died a death, but yeah, it, I was doing it for a while. Just one of the stupid things I've done. The book's, the book's a lot of fun, and uh, of course it has some serious points in it as well, which we'll come on to, yeah. but a nice forward by uh, Freddie Flintoff, and I thought it was good. He compared you to Goffey in the way that he says you lift a dressing room, and of course he also rates your bowling, and I think that's that's a nice thing to say about somebody. Oh, that's, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, yeah, obviously Flintoff. Um, I was the sort of heir of the 2005 Ashes. I was I was about 15, 16. So that that sort of um, that test series was what made me sort of look at cricket and think actually this looks like something good to do. So um, uh, yeah, and Flintoff was my hero growing up. So for him to um, to say them words, even just to meet him over the years, has, has been incredible. But for, but for him to to forward my book, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing, really. Because football was a first love for you, wasn't it? You got pictures in the book of you, Peter Shilton shaking yeah. your hand. It's uh, you were sort of Nottingham schools and had a bit of. Wasn't Notts County? You're a Forest fan, but Notts County showed an interest in you. Yeah, I, I tried a few clubs. I, I, at the age of eleven, I was. Um, I wouldn't say I was hot property. I said I'd had a good, um, good few months. So I think I tried at Forest, Leeds. Uh, anyway, I went to Notts County because a few of my mates was there. Um, and it sort of died a death. I played, I played for a bit, and then, and then got released. Um, I remember it saying um, I wasn't agile enough, which I, I, agility is something I'm still struggling with now. So um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'd have had a career in football. There is, uh, I mean, there's one key incident that probably people uh, remember where that you, I mean, you famously wore one, I think is fair to say, Luke. <laughs> That's an understatement. And it was, a, it was, a, it was, yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite, a, it's quite I a remember bit. it well at the time, but I looked at it again this morning. It's a, still a shocking incident, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Talk us through it from your point of view then. Well, I, well, obviously when I got hit, I knew, I knew, um, 
I knew I was in trouble. And obviously, like the natural thing you do when you get hit on the head is you put your hand on your head. Mm. Um, so I was sort of waiting to be knocked out in a weird way. I thought, well, I'm like, you know, I'm going to keel over or, or what. And I actually felt all right. I felt really, like, focused. Mm. Uh, and then I took my hand off my head. And all this, you know, blood started splurting out. It's like you see on the on movies, really. It was crazy. And I thought, you know, I better get myself off the field. Uh, so, yeah, by the time I got to the field, all the doctors and that were in the dressing room. Uh, and I got looked after and sort of whisked off to, um, I think it was the Queen Elizabeth in Birmingham, pretty quickly, the hospital. And then that was it. Yeah, I had I'd a, I'd a long six months and I, cu- I couldn't drive. Um, found myself watching Jeremy Kyle every morning, which is not, <laughs> not a good routine, routine to get into. Yeah. Because um, the, the yeah, in- yeah go, sorry, carry on. I was just going to say it was just a, a very surreal, surreal time in my life, really. Yeah, I mean the ball hit you. Uh, Sam Hain hits the ball back for Birmingham Bears straight back at you, and you right back at you as you're bowling, and uh, and it you know and you walk off. That's the thing, isn't it? That yeah. you're not carried off. The you're pitch. assisted, but you're you assisted, walk off. but you manage to walk off the pitch, and uh, the players all look. Really worried or concerned because they, they, you know, they 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 were clearly really concerned for you out there. Yeah, I know, and I didn't really realise that until the lads came off. Um, and then what, what all the players came off, and I was still in the physio room being stitched up. And and I thought, I think the physio told me that it was raining, and obviously it wasn't. They came off because of, of what happened to me. Mm. So I just assumed it was there was a rain break. Uh, but now, you know, I think there's a few players upset. Samit was was upset. Yeah, he, I think. It was quite bad what happened, really. I mean, I did, I did have a bleed on the brain. I had a, yeah. you know, it was a pretty nasty injury. I just, luckily, I felt all right myself. So, and and you know, I got looked after really well. And I've said it loads of times by James Parker, our physio, who was, who you know, he, he was brilliant through the whole six months, really. So I had the right treatment. I was around the right people, uh, and yeah, I, I felt okay. Bar you know, a bit of a, bit of a dusty few days. Sure, yeah, of course. That's about it. Because I think with you know the advent of lots more white ball cricket, heavy bats and follow throughs, it's surprising this doesn't happen more. You see it a lot in the IPL, like near things or people. I'm watching. I think it was even current. Got he's just about got his hands up to yeah, one yeah. that would have hit him straight in the face. So oh, you know it is it is yeah. worrying this uh, the way well, the game's going. But it is going to happen. It will happen again. Unfortunately, so hopefully you know it's not too too bad but yeah uh, even even like in training now in nets I don't really like to bowl at, at our batsmen I'll try and do some some sort of skill work on my own um, off the side sort of thing uh, just because you know the ball comes back so fast you haven't really got time to move out of the way it's true you're funny in the book about Samit Patel you obviously got a good relationship with him but you t- take the mickey out of him yeah you did times. say when he was crying on the pitch when you got hit with the ball you thought something serious had happened like KFC had closed down <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah no Samit's a great lad I mean yeah it probably was though yeah <laughs> so any of the, you had any pushback from the boys in the dressing room are they happy with everything you've said and uh, they, they like the stories it's probably good for them it's a sort of record of your adventures with them isn't it well everything's true I mean Hales features a lot in it and I'm quite close with Alex Hales yeah. uh, and there was a few things that he pulled up on and was like oh did, did, did we really do that did that really happen <laughs> and I said yeah, yeah we did do that yeah I think everyone's pretty I think we just small man in a box. We're, for a we're just, Luke, you're still there. We're just losing you slightly. You're still there. Oh, we got you, oh, you, got you oh, back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There is an Alex, a fine Alex Howe story where you were playing Scotland the day 
uh, after yeah. and you decided to go out and have a couple of beers and Alex said, well, it's only Scotland, uh, so we might as well get on it. So a 3.30, <laughs> finish and then he's out in the first over against Scotland and, and you, you, you didn't bowl particularly well. Oh, that's my favourite story, that. I mean, looking back, I'm thinking, oh, my, what were we doing? But, I mean, it was a Sunday game starting at 2 o'clock. You know, young lads out in Nottingham Saturday night. You know, no disrespect to Scotland at all, but at the time we were, you know, we were a strong side. So you sort of back yourself, don't you? And back then, I could go out and front up the next day. I, you know, it wasn't really a problem. Yeah. You know, get in at three, get up at eleven, bit of breakfast, bang, straight on the field, right as rain. Um, but no, we, we obviously had a, both had a bit, of, a bit of an average game. Yeah. And I remember, I remember, being, I remember just about to leave the dressing room about ten o'clock at night. We're saying, oh, cheers, lads. I'll see you on on Tuesday when we come back in. And Mick said, no, just come into my office. I want to chat to you. And uh, Hales is already in there. Oh, <laughs> oh God. It, 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 I couldn't believe it. So, yeah, obviously, he's going at Hales first, you know, saying, you know, what are you doing, young player, going out. And um, he's like bottom lip drops. And I get the giggles. And I had it at school all the time. And <laughs> once I've got the giggles, whatever situa- situation I'm in, that's it. I'm I'm, I'm laughing. And I got it really bad because I seen Hales' lip go and Mick was Mick Newell was giving him a good spray. <laughs> and then I, I, I got the biggest barrage. <laughs> and I remember, just to cut a long story short, I remember driving over about quarter to 11 and I pulled up. I, I had to pull up before I got back home to mum and dad's house because I was living at home still. And I had to ring Mick to say, look, oh, you know, I'm really sorry about that. You know, it's bang out of order. But, I, you know, it used to happen to me at school all the time. I used to get the giggles. And uh, he, he slammed the phone down. There was a few expletives <laughs> in there as well. <laughs> Talking of expletives, there was a... I, I can't say on the radio, but yeah. Yeah, yeah of course not. No, I was going to say, yeah. talking of expletives, Alex Hales on finals day, there was an amazing moment there where, for the second time of the week, one of the Parkinson brothers got him out. He was not happy, was he? And without any fans, of course, you could hear it. And the umpire, I've never seen it. If we had to warn the, your team for basically swearing, it would be a five-run deduction if anyone else swears. Oh, I mean, that's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Like, it's, you know, I should, probably shouldn't get into this. I'm not going to get into it, but yeah. It's professional. Yeah, sport, we don't want to get you in the trouble. Well, the book, uh, the book's great fun, Luke, mm. and uh, it's it's good to talk to you. I take you, you you live up in Nottingham, I take it. So it's it's sort of lockdown time for you guys now, isn't it? Yeah, tier three, back in the lockdown. So um, I've just been wrestling this afternoon, my lad. I've been, um, yeah, doing. There's not much else to do, so we've been doing a bit of wrestling, messing oh. around. Yeah, you talk about your love of Stone Cold Steve Austin in the book, and you yeah, and you have you still got the yeah, duvet cover? No, I took it away. I had a bit of an accident in the bed, didn't I? If you read the book. Oh, properly, of course you did. You yeah, yeah. It. You didn't go into great detail. I'm pleased to. You just said after an accident, after a night out. So oh, okay. I, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want you to tell us any more than that. So it's probably just no, as well. No, no. Yeah. Well, look, good to talk to you, and best of luck with the book. It's a lot of fun. Thanks very much for Cheers. joining us. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Another goal um, set up by Kane and scored by Son last night. Mm. And that tends to be the way it works, but it can of course flip the other way around but the two of them are a pretty decent uh, duo and they're only a- second in the all-time list behind my favorite duo yeah uh, Lampard and Drogba Lampard and Drogba we think Lampard was effectively a midfield player no I think they're going to catch them up yeah well I think they need what another seven goals is it mm. uh, I think to catch them but uh, we thought we would talk about the, the art of a striking partnership and of course uh, back in the day Noel Quinn and Kevin Phillips had a fairly mean one at uh, Sunderland they scored 46 goals between them in the uh, 98-99 season 
that how many were assists between them? Well, well that's that's an interesting point uh, as we uh, delve into the old art of a double act. Because Kevin joins us now. Good afternoon, Kev. How are you doing, guys? Okay. Yeah, yeah it's good. Thanks. So, did you did Nar set up more for you, or or, or vice versa? <laughs> <laughs> I, think you, I think you can just tell by the way I'm laughing. <laughs> uh, I, I tried not to set him up as much as put it that way. But now, yeah, of course, he was a, he was a great foil for myself, and um, I think it was a an era or certainly a season where we caught a lot of defences off guard with a little and large combination. I don't think the Premier League had, had seen a lot of that. Um, so. Yeah, he, he set an awful lot of goals up for me, but I, I set him up for his fair share as well. Well, it's interesting. Josie was talking about the relationship with the two players and saying that you know there's no egos, they're good friends, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, I suppose in a situation like that, you have to kind of put egos on one side if you're going to get the best out of each other. Yeah. Well, you certainly do. I think you probably have to go back to uh, I suppose the most famous falling out was probably Andy Cole and Teddy Sheringham. Mm. You know, from what you can read and what. You know, certainly speaking to Teddy, they weren't the best of friends on the pitch and off the pitch. And at times you could see that uh, when they were playing. But, yeah, I think, you know, to, to, to have a relationship off the pitch really helps when you get on it. You're right, there's no egos. There's certainly no scenarios from what I've seen. Uh, one not wanting to pass to the other who would rather score. They're both team players and you can see that in their play. And, you know, they're reaping the rewards for that this season. And, you know, for me at the moment, Son has to be up there as one of the best players in the world. Of course, Kane is one of the world's best strikers at this current time. And, and for both of them to be, you know, in that bracket and playing so well and just the understanding that they have between each other is, is, is unbelievable to watch. Mm. I mean, you, you said they're like deliberately not passing and you mentioned a couple of players who didn't get on, but they, they did do that. I mean, can you get away with that now? I wouldn't have thought you could if a manager spotted that you, one player out of the pair were being selfish. You'd think he'd pull them up? Well, I think he would. I think we had a scenario, didn't we, at Liverpool between Sane and, and Salah. You know, that that was brought up in the media. Of course, a manager won't bring it up. He'll keep it in, in-house, whether anything was said or not. You know, we'll stay in between the four walls. But, you know, you can't hide. You know, it's, it's quite obvious and it's quite clear now. Uh, you know, so many angles of the TV that you, you can actually see it. But from a manager's point of view, you certainly don't want that. Listen, at the end of the day, to be a top world-class striker you do have to have that selfishness about yeah. you and I think the top players have that I think Harry Kane has that but he also recognises that you know when you've got quality players in around you and if they're in better positions they're making runs uh, you've got to play them in and you know that's been one of the biggest things this season um, you know, I think when teams play with three up front you know I did an interview about this the other day what's the art of playing that line, lone striker you have to have players that will run off you. And mm-hmm. Son does that. Mora does that. Of course, Bao will do that when he comes into the, into the fold. Bergwin does that. You can't have everyone coming short. And, you know, you may want to call it telepathic, uh, but I think these two boys just have an understanding that, you know, it doesn't come around very often and uh, it's a pleasure to watch. I mean, last night's mm-hmm. goal was an interesting one because there have been goals this season where they came to play an early ball because Son runs into areas that he would expect him to run into. They have got that yeah. understanding. But yeah. last night's was weird because it's a sort of header that he's reaching for. He puts it back into a danger area yeah. and Son just instinctively... He he's gamb- moving before. He gambles. He, yeah. he doesn't he? It's just purely yeah. gambles. That's not something yeah. they've worked on. That, I've even no. set that up. Of course not. He just he takes yeah. the chance and, it, of course, it's people that, that pops up and gets on the end of it they do and you're right you know they will uh, practice set plays I'm sure the day before as, as every team does but 
you know, what you do is you just try and get players into areas. And at the moment, you know, whenever a, a ball drops to either Kane or Son, you know, it's, it, it's come from one or the other. And, it, and it's just the way it's happening at the moment. You know, they certainly didn't, you know, certainly they weren't practicing the day before for Kane, for Son to head it. But, you know, Son's got a, got a habit of just being in the right place at the right time. And, you know, I was very fortunate to, to have had a career of doing that. And when people ask you, why did you? Why were you in that position? Sometimes you can't answer it. You just mm. are, uh, and and you know you read the game well. And fortunately, it was Kane to Sun last night, and it was a you know incredible finish. It was probably the only place he could have put it. And you know he's in a hot streak of form at the moment. Do I enjoy? I, I'm pretty sure as much as the relationship is great between them, I bet if you really sat Harry Kane down, being a selfish striker, he'd rather be the one on the end of all the goals at the moment. Um, mm. But yeah, at the moment, it's, it's going so well for them. Did you have to work at that relationship with, with Niall Quinn or did it sort of all come together? You've probably you know, played at plenty of clubs. There might have been times where a coach or a manager put you together and said, you know, Kevin will work well with X and it doesn't quite work. So yeah. is is there a secret to it? Yeah, yeah, there is. Um, I think, you know, I think when you watch Kane and Son, they very rarely get in each other's way. Um you know, uh, the only thing Peter Reid ever really said to, to me and Niall and what Niall said to me having more experience was try not to ever be more than 10, 15, you know, no more than 20 yards apart. Now, whether that's running in behind or coming short, um, you know, just try and stay close to me. And I think with Kane, you can put on drills all day long about a striker coming short, setting, and then a midfield player uh, playing in sun, running in behind or Amora. Ideally, like both of them running in behind, so you've got two options, but I think when you watch some of the goals and the, the, uh, some of the goals that certainly Kane's laid on for Son, he, he just plays it into an area. And you can work on that in training. But I, I just think the biggest thing for them, they're clever footballers. They, they don't get in each other's way. And I think they recognise that if someone's going if, if Son's going to run into that space, Kane won't occupy it because mm. he, he, he won't want to kill his space. And uh, you know, I think that, that understanding... They've got, it, it is, it, you can work on it, but I think sometimes, you know, it's just clever players who have got that understanding of football. It'd be good if Harry Kane could find somebody in England that had that same understanding, because <laughs> he has added this to his game, this dropping deep. And I, I just last week, watching Ibrahimovic for Milan against Celtic, <clears throat> even though he's 38, he came deep, he won the ball, he set the bloke in, and then they yeah. scored. It was a brilliant bit of football. And I think Kane's adding that to his game all the time now. Yeah, he is. And, you know, I, I, would, I wouldn't like to say I was ever in Harry Kane's class, but, you know, as I got a little bit older and a little bit more uh, experienced, I started to drop just a little bit deeper and try to create more opportunities for other people. Because uh, late on in my career, I had to play that lone striker a little bit more. And, and that's what you have to add to your game when you play up there on your own. You can't always play up against the last defender. As much as I love seeing Harry Kane pulling on the shoulder and running in behind, but he can do both now. And you would have to say... You know, his all-round game at the moment is, is you know, there's no faults there. He can head it, he can come short, you know, he can create and he, and he, and he can do what he probably does best in the whole of Europe, put the ball in the back of the net. Um, you probably argue Lewandowski at the moment is probably just, just in front of him. But, you know, he's a top, top class player who, you know, his all-round game is, is phenomenal. Yeah. Do you keep in touch with Niall, you two, as you from talk yeah. about the old days? Well, we, 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 we did a phone interview a couple of weeks ago and mm. his only lines were, have you lost my number? Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, we do. It's one of those relationships, even to today, you know, when I don't speak to him for a while. It's a, when we do talk, it's like we only spoke to each other yesterday and I mm. think that, that probably showed on the pitch as well. We were great friends off the pitch. 
and it obviously showed on the pitch. And I'm sure, you know, Harry Kane and, and Son are like that as well. Good to talk to you, Kev. Thanks ever so much. Cheers, guys. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We're back tomorrow with, uh, among our guests, Alan Brazil. That's right. Chatting about his autobiography. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.